Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a climbing coach, business coach, and brain rewiring certified coach. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things climbing, business growth, and brain rewiring from a holistic point of view. You can hear more from me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You can find freebies for training for climbing, building your business, and brain rewiring over there. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. I have an incredibly special guest today, and I got such great feedback on the last episode that I did on overcoming imposter syndrome. It was a live coaching session, and I decided to do another one. I had the incredible Lucy reach out and ask for some coaching around this topic. This is something that she was really struggling with, and being a new business owner, still finishing up some of her school and education around this topic. I think it was really great to be able to see real-time her work through some of these feelings of imposter syndrome. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode today. I think you'll find a lot of clarity and in my mind this is a very different episode than the episode that I did with Kiersey. If you haven't listened to that one yet, I would highly recommend it. I will link it in the show notes, but you can also search Overcoming Imposter Syndrome on iTunes and find that episode that way. So before we dive into this live coaching session, let's do some updates. So it is almost Christmas. We we are very close. If you celebrate Christmas or the holidays, we're getting there. It's that time of year where everything seems to kind of like ramp up and you're like, oh my God, where did time go? What are, what is happening even? Um, family obligations, travel, there's, there's a lot going on. And I'm really excited to be hosting a 22-day meditation challenge starting in January. On the first, I believe it's going to be a weekend start. I'm really excited for that because that means that you can really anchor into this challenge, get settled, get everything clear. All you need to do is watch a video, do the guided meditation. If you want to do the journal prompts for that day, absolutely go ahead. This shouldn't take you more than 15 minutes per day and dedicating just 15 minutes per day to yourself every single day, you're going to notice a massive shift in the way that you feel and the way that you approach things. This is seriously going to be such a game changer. So 22 days, we're doing a free meditation challenge. Meditation is something that has absolutely changed my life. I first did 90 days of meditation. I called it my 90-day meditation challenge when I was first going through brain rewiring, where I meditated, did the rounds for brain rewiring every single day. And on the other side of it, I was a completely different person. It was actually incredible. And lately, I've been kind of feeling like, okay, I kind of need something a little bit more. I want to feel this deeper connection. I really want to explore those inner corners of my mind and see what's going on up there. For the longest time, I couldn't sit in silence. I needed something on in the background. I needed music or Netflix or just like something because I couldn't sit inside my head. And once I started to realize that it was kind of an issue for me, I knew I needed to lean into it. And was that comfortable? Absolutely not. But I challenged myself to do another 90-day meditation challenge. And I'm on, I think, about day 75 right now. And I am feeling amazing. Absolutely amazing. I 
cannot wait to bring this to even more people. We have almost 110 people signed up for this challenge. So that's a ton of accountability. You'll find community in this as well. I'm so excited to be hosting this 22-day challenge. So if you haven't signed up yet, you can do so using the link in the show notes. It's super easy. Even if you can't do it real time with us during the 1st through the 22nd, I would sign up anyway. You'll be able to retain lifetime access to the material so you can come back at any time. Even if you happen to miss a couple of days, I would still sign up. You're going to love it. We're going to be talking about a ton of different topics. We have so much variety happening. We have things like abandonment issues. We're going to be talking all about jealousy. We're going to be talking all about triggers, thought shifting. There's so much inside of here. If you're looking to kick your new year off in a way that feels really good, honestly, it's not all set around like, do, push, go, do the things. It's more centered around how can we actually reduce your anxiety, bring you to a more calm state, get you to know yourself better that's what I'm offering. That's what I'm providing. So again, this challenge is free. Would absolutely love to have you there. I'm so excited for this to kick off. I've been getting all my meditation scripts and everything down, so I cannot wait to start recording for this. Other updates, if you are a business owner and you are interested in joining a container for the new year, a six-month container, if you've worked with me before, Ignite Grad Program is for you. I'm actually offering two different containers in the beginning of the new year. I have a six-figure master mastermind and a grad program for my people that have gone through Ignite. So if you're interested in either one of those, make sure you let me know ASAP because I will be starting these very quickly in the new year. I've sent out quite a few personal invitations already, but if you're somebody that's like, okay, I just got to do the business thing. I got to get this started. Let me know. I can still get you in. This is something that I am really excited about. I am really experimenting with a different way of launching programs. And I mean, I kind of say this to all my clients, but I'm like, yeah, I I experiment with it first. And then I let you know how it goes and how we can tweak it so that you don't have to sit there and experiment. That's one great thing that I love about being a business owner is every time I go to put out a new offer or product, it really is. It's just an experiment. I'm not attached to the outcome. All I can do from this is learn what to do next time. I can carry on the things that I enjoyed, that I feel like worked. And it really just turns it into, I don't want to say like a game, but it turns it into something that I'm just not attached to the outcome. You know, whatever happens, happens. And all I can do is learn from it. So if you're somebody that is really excited about getting their business off the ground, getting even more support and really getting things like, I mean, honestly, like this, this is why I called it Ignite is because it's like, this is the thing that lights the spark that lets you do what you want to do, that lets you have the impact that you want to have on the world and the people around you. This is the igniter. So if you're interested in that, just let me know. Send me a message on Instagram. I'm at ladybeta.coaching or send me an email. I'm chelsea at ladybetacoaching.com. Okay, that's pretty much all of my updates. I have lots of really exciting things coming in January, February. I have a lot of really cool things planned. I'm so excited. I signed up for quite a few new courses um, before the end of the year because I just knew that I wanted that support and accountability in 2020, not only for my business, but for personal development as well. So I'm this is it's going to be a great year. I'm really excited about it. So without further ado, let's jump into this live coaching session with Lucy. Yay! 
Okay, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited today. I have Lucy Haynes here with me, and we are going to be continuing the conversation on overcoming imposter syndrome. So this is something that I think, actually, I know a lot of people, including myself, have struggled with either currently or at some point. So to kind of go further into this conversation, I really wanted to talk to Lucy because she is a new business owner. She's going to be taking on clients soon, and I really wanted to see what her experience is like. She's also a runner and a climber. So I wanted to see if she experiences imposter syndrome in any of those other areas as well. I think you're really going to love this conversation. So Lucy, go ahead and give us a little bit of background on you. Hi. Yeah. My name is Lucy. I am an ultra runner and a rock climber here in Eagle, Colorado, tiny little town near Vail. Um, And yes, I'm getting ready to start my own business in sports psychology um, because I think it's an incredibly important field these days when we're dealing with so many facets of mental health in sport. Um, And I'm here because I'm dealing with my own. So let's have at it. Yes. Okay. And I I like how open you are too. like, just, you know, from us messaging in the DMS on Instagram, you were like, yep, it's me. Like I want to do it. I'm ready. I'm ready to be uncomfortable. Let's, let's go for it. So, okay. With imposter syndrome, where do you experience this the most? Is it when you think about your business and starting to take on clients? Or can you remember a time that you have experienced it before now? Gosh, okay. I think that honestly, it's more just my regular state of being than anything else. Um, but especially so in the past several years, of, as I've thought about um, how to put myself out there in the business world. Right now, I run um, the youth programs for our local climbing gym, Eagle Climbing and Fitness. Um, and even that has just been a process in teaching myself that I have the skills to teach other people, um, because I feel like I'm constantly learning myself. And, um, as I am diving into the world of sports psychology and mental strength coaching, knowing that I am doing so from a perspective of really struggling with those things myself is such a double-edged sword because it makes me really want to help others but also know that I'm struggling with it at the same time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm really glad that you brought this up. This is something that you are, you are not alone in this at all whatsoever. I know for me, when I was identifying more as a climbing coach, this came up for me a ton. I was like, I am not the strongest climber. Who is going to want to work with me if I can like, you know, sometimes I can climb V8, but that's like, you know, on a really good day, like who's going to want to work with me type of thoughts if I don't have, you know, essentially my own shit figured out. So, okay. You are not alone in this. And one thing that we really have to remember is that nobody, nobody's us. Nobody can say the things that we do in the way that we do. Nobody has our own lived experiences. And when we don't share our stories, when we don't share our gifts, we don't give other people a place to land or resonate. I think about my journey as a business owner and one of my main missions throughout my entire business, you know, no matter how many times I've pivoted has been to empower women. Maybe that's through training for climbing. Maybe that's through running a business. Maybe that's through rewiring their brains, but that main theme is empowering women. And I think back on what I've done. And if I never would have started I've worked with hundreds of clients at this point, you know, helped people with, you know, their confidence levels, helped people run and quit, you know, their engineering jobs. There's so many amazing things that have happened because I decided to essentially 
it's not even having the confidence. It's I took that bold, courageous action one time. And I was like, okay, we're going to take this one step at a time. I'm going to show up and do one thing. And I think that's something that a lot of business owners forget is that you really can just focus on one singular step in a day. So, okay. And this is a really great thing too, with sports psychology is let's talk a little bit about how this is actually different from some of the stuff that you see out there already. Why is it that you think that sports psychology is so important? How is it different from mindset training? I think they are definitely related. Um, but the most important difference that I see here is that so many people out there think that more is better combined with the fact that a lot of people come into sports, especially ones that take a lot of grit and dig deep effort, like climbing and long distance running. They, they come into those with a lot of baggage already. And this tends to be one of our ways to deal with all of that baggage. It, it shouldn't be the only way, but it does tend to be one of the ways. And so I think that it's very easy to bring all of that weight into our sport and assume that everything we do in sport is going to solve all of our problems. Huh. Um, and yeah. that is unfortunately, unfortunately not true. Um, so it involves so much around mindset, but it also involves understanding that we can show up in sport a certain way, but it can't be our only therapy. Right. Yes. It's, I think for me, when I, when you're talking, the things that came up for me are black and white thinking, perfectionism sneaks in. If you have, you know, a history of disordered eating or exercise addiction, and then you're, you know, participating in these sports, it can be really hard to kind of separate those those things. And yes, I think it can be a really great component to mindset, but the the kind of phrase that comes to my mind is climbing is not therapy, but it can be therapeutic. So you're really there yes. to kind of help people through that therapeutic side of things. You know, it's it's all the stuff that we've pushed down. We're like, I don't have trauma. It's like, it's fine. It's all good. Like, but in reality for me and what I've experienced, and I know a lot of women feel the same way is that Climbing can actually be a magnifier to those issues. You know, there are some days where we can just like push it down and it's like, oh, climbing, it doesn't matter. I'm just focused on the climbing. And then when you have a bad day climbing, it's like every bad thing that's ever happened in your life is like right there in your face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love that you said that we can make it therapeutic. We can make climbing therapeutic. We can make running therapeutic, but only if we're not using it as our only tool. So, I, I see it as my job to help people separate some of the aspects of their training from some of the aspects of their life so that they don't end up using their training to make themselves feel better all of the time. Oh, I love it. Okay. So part of my, uh, we'll call it my sneaky coaching process is to get you to verbalize why it's so important to you and what sports psychology can actually do for people. So hopefully you're feeling a little bit more confident, Lucy, on your end being like, yeah, this is a thing I'm really passionate about. So if you, if you feel open to it, would you go ahead and share with me a time where you were actually able to separate yourself from your sport and what kind of brought you to sports psychology in the first place? Oh my gosh. Yes. I do tend to be very one on like one in one with, with my sport. It's, it's hard to separate, but that has been a big downfall for me because I will use it as my only outlet. And um, so one thing that I've really done to help separate those two is to literally go into every training session with a legitimate, thorough outlined 
plan because then I know exactly what I'm doing. I can't use whatever emotions I'm feeling to drive or change what I am doing. Um, and that prevents me from, from using my training, like abuse, I guess, abusing my training, I should say, as a tool to, to fix my mindset and instead changing my mindset to fit my training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if that's what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So did you hit a point in, you know, I know you're both a runner and a climber with either of those sports where you realized, okay, this is my only outlet. This isn't good. I need to start working on things. You're, you're nodding your head. Okay. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually kind of going through that right now at the end of the summer, towards the end of my running and outdoor climbing season, I realized that, um, I was really struggling with fatigue and energy and mood. And I was diagnosed with red S, which is relative energy deficiency in sport used to be called the female athlete triad. And that was my huge wake up call that I had been using my training and my disordered eating that stemmed from that as my only outlet. And I had to take a serious step back. I'm still in the middle of that step back. It's not going anywhere for a while. So I guess you could say I'm in the process of learning how to, how to pause that and use other things. Yes. Yes. Okay. So all of these details that you've just shared, for me, I think it is incredibly important to have people that we resonate with. So you sharing your story, um, unfortunately, it's not unique. A lot of women struggle with red S and they struggle with overexercising, undereating, and kind of not really understanding, I mean, A, how to fuel their bodies, but B, it's that it's their relationship that they have with themselves. Like that's kind of the thing that is suffering and they're trying to cover it up potentially with the climbing or with the running, whatever it is. So by you sharing your story, what you do is you start to remove some of the taboo around it. You know, these are topics that (laughs) historically we haven't really talked about, you know, it's, oh, female body parts, like, ew, let's, let's just not, even though a lot of women really struggle and suffer from this. What you also do is you allow other people to share their stories. When you, in an empowered way, share your story, it empowers other people to do the same. So the more that you share, the more that other people feel comfortable too. And the more that you actually share your story, this is number three, the more you can actually heal. For me, what I I realized is the more transparent I am about my fears and the things that I'm worried about, like the really uncomfortable ones, like, yeah, I climb like V8, I've climbed one V10, we've climbed no V9s in there. The more transparent I am about that as a climbing coach, the better it felt. The more transparent I am about, okay, I make six figures. Am I the quote, best business mentor? Do I make the most money? Definitely not. But I am really good at what I do. The more I step into that and allow myself to be vulnerable with those things, the better it's received. So I think for you, it's constantly reminding yourself, I can be on this journey, this healing journey and share with other people and empower them that way. Yeah, I love that because I mean, just listening to you talk about your business journey, you came from such a different place. Like you came from ground zero. And so I I would much more trust someone who knows how to make that journey from zero to six figures than someone who was kind of born into that position or just has a natural tendency to quote succeed. So totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what you have right now, Lucy, is this beautiful opportunity 
to share where you're at in the journey. So then maybe two years from now, you can be like, look, I started my business when I was in the, the pause, when I was in the throes of everything. And I was, I was trying to work my, my way towards recovery and work my way towards a better relationship with myself and with exercise. And throughout there, I learned a lot of things. And this is, you can kind of document your journey. That's a way to do it as well. But you're going to find a lot of people who are just a couple of steps behind you. So I, I say this a lot, and I think it's really important to remember is that you really only need to know about 10% more than somebody else in order to teach them. Like it's really, we think that, oh my gosh, I have to be the expert. I have to know absolutely everything in order to then, you know, stand in front of people and say, this is what I do. This is what I can help you with. But if you're just a couple of steps ahead, you can reach your hand back and pull them towards, towards you. You know, there's a lot that you can really do in the position that you're at right now. And not when you say it that way, it might even be more relatable to someone because you're not so far ahead of them that it seems completely foreign. Totally, totally. And here's here's bringing it kind of back to that documentation point too. So what's super important when we own a business is we need to speak our clients' language. So right now you you know you're you're not at your your point where you want to be yet, and that's totally fine. But you know the language that's happening in your head. So if you can get that written down on paper later on, maybe when you're you know a couple more months into your business and you're taking on clients, but you're in a much better place mentally or physically, you're going to be able to look back on that and be like, oh my God, that's that's what I was thinking in my mind. Like those are the phrases that we're going through. And those are likely the phrases that are going through somebody else's mind that's really struggling with it. So you're going to be able to talk to them so directly. Man, that's a really good point. Yeah. Just thinking that someone could hear what I was saying or, or read what I was writing and think, oh, okay, maybe this person actually does understand what I'm going through. And if they got through to the other side, maybe they can help me do the same. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So would you say that you tend to struggle with the what if type of thoughts? Like when you think about starting a business, like, oh, what if it's not successful? What if this, what if that? Oh yes. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well that was, yeah. Um, I, I, it's really rare to find somebody that doesn't, but I, I wanted, you know, I'm not going to make any assumptions. Sometimes people are like, no, I never think about those things. Um, so I want to do a bit of an exercise with you and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. So if you, if you need to take a second and pause or reflect, that's totally fine. So I want to do an exercise where we actually dive into the what ifs. So when you are experiencing imposter syndrome around your business, you know, there might be a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of, I, I just don't know, uncertainty. Let's dive into the what if on the negative side. So what if I'm not successful? What if I don't get clients? Um, I'd like you to kind of let your mind go there and let it wander because sometimes we just, you know, we cut ourselves off from even thinking about those things. And sometimes I think that's a very powerful exercise to do is to just like, we're not entertaining those. But I think sometimes we actually do need to let our brains entertain those thoughts just so we can start to dissect and pick them apart. So for you, what are the main fears that come up around the what if the the negative side? Gosh, yeah. Um, You're right that there's definitely kind of a barrier there, but it's uh, the doors opening and they're flowing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What if I, what if I can't create an audience what if I can't build enough of a social media platform? Because that's that's a huge struggle for me. That's something I really am concerned about. What if I can't get enough likes, get enough followers, get enough attention so that people actually know who I am and what I'm about? What if 
that's the one thing that all of this hangs on. And that's a big weakness. What if people try it out and don't want to work with me? What if it's not sustainable? What if I can't get it off the ground at all? (laughs) You know, I can, I could go on forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I totally feel you there too. And this might be an exercise, you know, for later, if you, if you want some more closure around this too, is like really let yourself journal and every single one of these things that comes to your mind, write it down. You know, you might have a list of like 50 things, but just get it out of your head because right now it's taking up mental capacity. It's an energy leak. It's a power leak. And I want to actually now go to the other side to where maybe you actually haven't thought of this yet fully in your business, but what if it all works out? Let's explore some of those possibilities. So, you know, I'll I'll get you started here. What if you actually end up making a huge impact in a ton of people's lives? What if you become the go-to sports psychologist for climbers? If you want to continue, I feel your face is like, oh, what if? So if you have any of those, let's start to dive into the, okay, you know, if we were to completely flip the script, what are the possibilities of what could happen? Gosh, I feel like there are even more barriers to opening that. Um, this is great. <laughs> uh, so that's oh, so that's a really interesting question. I'm like getting nervous to even say them. Um, but I think that's important to notice too. Like, why am I getting nervous to be thinking about success? That's something I'm gonna have to have to question with myself a little bit. But yeah, what if what if I have to turn people away? It's so mm-hmm. successful. So That's something that pops mm-hmm. in. Like, what if that? What if <laughs> this is hard to think about? It is. Um, it's a hard exercise. I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. I'm. What if I? What if I have more than I can handle? I, I see. I am actually finding myself going to the negative place, mm-hmm. even with the positive things. Totally. But maybe that's good to notice at least. Let's let's try and stay on the positive here. <laughs> what if I become a household name in mental strength coach mental strength coaching? What if top ultra runners and climbers want to work with me and see results before their greatest projects? Mm-hmm. What if you get asked to work with an Olympian? What if you get asked to travel and with different teams? And what if you get asked to speak at, you know, international conferences? Oof, I appreciate the help. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to think of these things. But there's, yeah, there's seconded. so much possibility here. And, you know, again, if you want to take some time later and journal on this and really expand on this, because it sounds like you maybe haven't let yourself explore the positives. So, of course, the negatives are going to feel so like heavy. They're forefront right now because that's all you've kind of like let yourself into. So I would really say when you look at the list this way and you start to build out, okay, if I do actually step into my full power and I stop worrying about what I call anyway, the vanity metrics, which are things like the number of likes, follows, how many, um, you know, comments that you have, how many post saves that you have, 
for example, I was actually able to hit my first 6K month in business with, I think it was like 1,200 followers on Instagram. Um, I probably had an email list of like 300 people. So like you really don't need that much. The thing that's the most important is that you connect with people and connect with members of your audience. Because if you can increase that no like, and trust factor, if you're, if you're willing, if you're, you know, confident enough to put your face on stories and to put yourself out there, DM people, start conversations. You and I, um, I think we started talking maybe like a year or something ago when you were going to potentially join Elevate and then it ended up not being the right time. And here we are a year later, you know, we're in completely different places having this conversation. So you never know what can happen just by connecting with members of your audience. You build up that trust, that authenticity. They're going to see you as an authority figure as well in whatever niche that you're in. And it's really just all about how can I connect with people on the other side of this screen. So I think knowing some of these things now, how are you experiencing the imposter syndrome in your business now? Has that shifted or changed any for you throughout our conversation? I I have these like weird kind of shivers in, <laughs> in my chest a little bit. Um, and I think it's a combination of nervousness and excitement because I am realizing all the ways that I've kind of limited myself. Um, like in realizing how difficult it was to think about the more positive outcomes, because I tend to be this type where I think it's better to be on the safe side. And in my, in my interpretation, safe side always means preparing myself for the worst, but we can't, I have to prepare myself for the best too. There are two sides to the coin. Um, yeah. And just hearing you say, hearing you reiterate that I have I've definitely heard it before, but it's hard for it to sink in that quality over quantity matters so much more. And that's why I've stayed in touch with you over the years is because you're a person, you're a person behind that account. And I want to be the person behind the internet account. I want to be someone that people see as a person and not as a business or a commodity. Um, So I'm, I'm definitely at least figuring out where I would like to head. Yes, I love that. It yes. really is. It's all about the the quality and letting people connect with you. And that sometimes means being vulnerable. You know, I share a lot of things on the internet. I'm not saying everybody has to share everything, but I think it's important to let people into your world and to let people into how you're feeling to not only share, you know, the highlight reel, but to put in like, yep, I'm struggling right now. This is the thing that sucks and it's hard. And, you know, maybe I don't need advice, but just, just letting you know where I'm at is it's not all like rainbows and smiles. And another thing too, so kind of thinking back to real people on the internet, there are business owners out there that are seven, eight figure business owners that are not on social media. Like that fact alone blows my mind. Cause I'm like, but oh, how, God. you know, they're the old school email marketing. Like they have websites that drive a ton of traffic. So there are other ways to do it outside of social media that maybe we haven't even begun to think of yet. And I think it's really this concept too, of what I like to call it's the fear of success. Like it's, it's bigger than that fear of failure. It's, oh my God, what if I actually were successful? How am I going to change? Am I going to be a different person? Are there my relationships that I have now going to change? What is my future going to look like? And oftentimes we don't even let ourselves explore that whatsoever because it's that fear of the unknown is so big. Yeah. I, I mean, you were asking me about it and it was hard to even come to mind because I haven't let myself think about it at all. And again, I think that's part of me trying to prepare myself for the worst. But 
if I, again, as I said, if I don't prepare, prepare myself for the best either, then it can't ever happen. I tell my young climbers all of the time that they need to be able to envision themselves succeeding on the wall or their brain will literally convince your body that you can't do it. That's a scientific fact that I'm learning in my, in my schooling. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have to apply that to myself and it's not just about being on the wall. It's about everything that we do off of the wall, off of the trail. Yes. Like your, your cells can literally hear your thoughts. So another thing too, and this is, this is kind of the energetics side of business. So in my mind, we have, we have energetics, which is the kind of where you can't really see it's the behind the scenes of your business. It's you, how you interact with your business. And then we have strategy. We can focus on strategy all day. How do I grow my Instagram? How do I, you know, get more followers, whatever it is we can, we can do all of those things, but what really matters is the energetics and where this comes into play is how you feel. This will effectively determine how you show up in your business. So with the energetics, what we really need to remember is the energy that we are showing up with is what we're going to attract in. This is the law of attraction. This is the law of resonance in action. Every single thing is energy. I'm energy, your energy, this microphone is, my thoughts, my feelings, my desires are all energy. So I can only attract in things that match the same frequency of where I'm at. So the more work that I do, you know, spending time thinking about positive outcomes, spending time in positive emotions, things like joy, gratitude, um, love, compassion, the more good positive things that I can bring in. That's why when you have, let's say, a, a bad day, you just notice all the bad things that keep happening. Like you stub your toe and then you drop a glass in the grocery store and then your checkout person is really mean to you. And it just kind of keeps going like that because you're focusing on the negative energy, which is very effectively calling back in more negative energy. So if you have that tendency and you know, okay, I tend to focus on the worst things, it's potentially doing something like, okay, for every one negative thing that I think of, I'm going to force myself to think of three positive outcomes. It's like the exercise that we just did is like, okay, well, we're actually just going to shift gears to the opposite, opposite other side and see what can come out of that. Oh gosh. Yeah. And having, when you mentioned that, uh one negative thing or three positive things for every one negative thing. And I think that's important. It's not just one and one. You actually have to overcompensate in the other direction to make sure that you're not just balancing it out, but you are actively moving in the positive direction, which takes more effort. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. This is a lot of what we do with brain rewiring too, is noticing a, a huge negative pathway for a lot of people is waiting for the other shoe to drop. What negative thing is going to happen? You know, like, yeah, what's, what's going to happen to me better, like protect myself as much as I can. But if you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, think of what's that, that is telling your brain subconsciously. Think how that's actually going to steer all of your decisions that you make throughout a day. If you're effectively trying to protect yourself, you're not willing to take risks. You're not willing to put yourself out there. You're really afraid of success and failure at the same time. So it's all about just, you know, trying to protect yourself. In the meantime, you're not actually showing up or serving anyone. So it's really reminding yourself that, you know what, this is going to feel really uncomfortable growing a build <laughs> and building a business is it's not a comfortable thing, but that growth, it always is going to lie outside of my comfort zone. I'm sure this is what you work on with a lot of your, your youth athletes as well. Oh yeah. 
but it's just understanding, okay, if I'm telling them to get uncomfortable, what does that look like? Maybe that looks like practicing dynamic or static movement. Maybe it looks like climbing in front of a crowd and then turning that mirror back on ourselves and being like, what does that look like for me? Okay. Maybe I, am uh, going to put my face on Instagram stories. I like, don't love it, but I'm going to do it because I want people to connect with me. Maybe what I'm going to do is decide to go live on a topic that I feel really confident about that I can't wait to teach on. And we'll see what kind of feedback I get. And it's something new, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. I think for us, when we experience feelings like discomfort, because it's a new activity or new thing that we haven't done, we automatically put it in the category of bad. Like, nope, I don't like those feelings. But we forget that it's just different. We just haven't done it before. And that's why we're feeling that way. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I have so many thoughts about that with uh, with my young athletes. They <laughs> at this point, they know my script by heart. They'll tell me that a climb is hard. And then even before I can say it back to them, they'll be like, but yes, I know hard isn't bad. It just means it's new. <laughs> Like, thanks guys. You remember everything that I want to say. Um, but I use that for myself as well in my eating disorder recovery and in my red ass recovery, all of this is so new to me. And something that I constantly remind myself of is yes, I am incredibly uncomfortable right now, but each uncomfortable step that I'm able to take means that the next step will be just a little bit less uncomfortable. Um, and to be honest, I haven't really thought about bringing that into my business probably because I've just been so hyper-focused on all of the negatives and all of the what-ifs and yeah. worries, but it's such an important lesson that the the small discomforts add up and create less discomfort in the future. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Like every step that you take forward in that discomfort you're paving that path and it's going to ultimately at some point it, it gets to feel easy. Um, I always say like the first, I mean, honestly, year of my business, I was uncomfortable every single day and it was, it was kind of the worst. I mean, it was also the best because I was growing and expanding in ways that I never thought was possible. I was getting to know myself better. My business was really successful, but it was, it was not easy it was not easy to put myself out there a ton. I got a lot of negative feedback. I mean, I got a ton more positive feedback, but of course my brain was like, no, remember the one time that that person said this one thing? Um, and just really reminding myself that, you know what? The people that I look up to in this space, they are not without criticism. They are not without, you know, their own group of haters. They they have received criticism throughout their career. They have had, you know, controversial viewpoints or stances on things. And that's why, you know, a huge part of them being able to gain visibility in the first place. Because if we're always saying things that are carbon copies of other people or we're really never rocking the boat. How are people ever going to know who we are deep down, how we really feel about things? You know, so I always think that when people have hot takes on things, and I think as a sports psychologist, you'll be able to do that a lot is like actually hot take. This is not a cool trend. Um, or if you participate in some of these behaviors, it might be an indication that we need to look at some of these things in your life and really not being afraid to voice your opinion. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, everything you're saying is just speaking my language here. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing to add except for yes to all of that. Yep. Yep. It's the anytime um, for me, I realize that I'm feeling a little fiery about something that I, I just need to like get it out. I need to say that thing. And that if I never voice my viewpoints, 
you know, people, I never give people that place to land or resonate. Like somebody might be like, I don't know if anybody else thinks the same way. You know, we tend to feel very isolated sometimes in our thoughts. We kind of feel like, oh, I'm the only person that could ever be struggling or suffering with this. And then all of a sudden you hear somebody else say it and you're like, you too? Like, I thought I was the only one and we feel less alone all of a sudden. So that's just my reminder to you that it's it's super important to continue putting your story out there to be vulnerable and to give people that place to land and resonate with you. It's super important. Oh yeah. And comfortable can also mean stuck is something I tell myself too. Yes, comfort is important. It, it should be a, a big part of our lives, but always being comfortable means that we are always in the same place. Mm-hmm. And we can't always be on the same place. Again, same place, nice, sometimes good, sometimes good for establishing a foundation. But I think my goal in in sports, in life, in business, in everything is to make that comfortable space larger. And yeah. there's no way to expand those horizons unless we actually step out of the bubble. Yes. I love that. And I can just like, I can picture that too, is like, it's like this bubble that extends out from you. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden your tolerance for the discomfort, the uncomfortable things is much larger. You know, um, I always say that like, I, I certainly wasn't born wanting to be in front of a camera or wanting to speak to audiences of people or to host a podcast. These are skill sets that I learned that I developed because my ultimate end goal that I always keep in mind is how can I serve more people? How can I empower more women and all of the things inside my business? They're just tools that I use to reach that goal. So for me, that actually takes a lot of the pressure off as it's like, oh, I'm not sitting down to record a podcast. And <laughs> Lucy and I were laughing because I, I can't speak English sometimes and I get super tongue tied. And it takes a lot of the pressure off because ultimately that doesn't matter. What matters is that I get the message out to serve my audience. What matters is that I show up authentically as myself so that I can help to empower other people. I love that. It's it's a means to an end. And it kind of relates to something that I've been learning in my in my schooling for sports psychology. It's important not it's important to set goals that you can actually control, not the ones that you eventually want those things you can control to lead to. So if you're in a race, you shouldn't set your goal as I want to finish on the podium on this race. It should be to take into account okay, these X, Y, Z, these are the things that I need to do in order to have a chance of performing well. Um, Like my dad, he just ran a marathon. He has a lot of like cramping issues with food. So one of his goals was not necessarily to finish in a certain time. That was his end goal. But the one he could control was how he could fuel himself during the race. And so I I kind of relate that back to you because it's um, the, the podcast, putting yourself out there, that is a means to an end, but it's what you can control mm-hmm. to get to the point of having an impact yeah. on people. Yes. You're a, you're a pawn in your own business, you know, and all, <laughs> of it, all, all it really is, is a big experiment too. You're trying out different things. You're testing out different ways to communicate, to share your message. You're testing out different, you know, scripts essentially to DM people, to connect with people and seeing what works, what feels good for me and what doesn't. And if it doesn't feel good, great, immediately release it. Because as a business owner, it's your job to continually evolve with the times, you know, 
let's say, for example, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of MySpace, you know, we used that when we were younger. That's not a thing anymore, you know? So it's like the social media platforms that we use now are, are quite different. You know, Facebook has evolved. It's, you know, somewhat stood the test of time, but it's being willing to learn new apps, new things, and to leave behind things that aren't serving us or aren't going to give us the growth that we're looking for. And, so I want to ask you too, Lucy, um, with running, um, so especially if you're running longer distances, um, do you experience imposter syndrome with that as well? Definitely. I have only really been in the sport for the past uh, couple of years, and um, I have big goals, I have big goals and big dreams, but I have trouble letting myself think of those mm-hmm. at the beginning of the race. And in fact, I, until this past year, I wouldn't even let myself call them races. I would say that I was doing a running event because Mm -hmm. I couldn't make myself consider the possibility that I was going to go into that and work hard Mm -hmm. and set a goal and try to reach it because that would, even that was just so intimidating. But then I began placing in the top 20, then the top 15, then the top 10. And then, you know, I have huge goals for next year as well. As soon as I kind of recover from my little slump here, um, big slump, shouldn't say little slump. Don't underestimate the power of a slump. Um, but yeah, it, it is hard to show up looking at people all around me and thinking, wow, these people look the part. Mm-hmm. Do I look the part? Mm-hmm. And then questioning the entire time if I am showing up with the image that I want, when that completely defeats the purpose. It's not the image, it is what we can actually produce. I think um, there's an ultra runner, Amelia Boone. She recently said something um, about how looking the part or looking like a runner doesn't mean anything if you can't actually perform the way that you want to. If you can't, if you're too, I think her exact phrasing was, it doesn't matter if you look like a runner, if you're too injured to actually run. Um, But Mic drop, yep. Oh, right. Right. (laughs) So that is definitely something I'm going to be holding on to as I begin to make my comeback over the next few months of like, yes, I might look different. I might not feel like I look the part. Mm -hmm. I might be showing up at these start lines feeling like a complete imposter, but that doesn't matter. What matters is what I actually do out there, not what I look like when I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I think you you connected so many dots for me just then. I was like having my own epiphany moments over here. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, especially that part about like if if even if you look the part, but you're too injured to to do anything. That that was me in my college days. I had a terrible eating disorder, terrible relationship with exercise, dropped a ton of weight, and everybody's like, "You look awesome," and I was like dying. And then yeah. I ended up tearing my serratus anterior um, between my my cartilage rib cage area. It was horrible. Do not recommend. And had to take months off of climbing. And I was like, "Well, what's the point of any of this? It's like I can't even climb, and my my climbing's certainly not getting any better." And one of the things to remember too is that if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, it's very likely that the the woman next to you, the man next to you is also experiencing that as well. We are all humans. We experience these emotions and understanding that it is perfectly normal to feel that way and to experience those 
So being compassionate with ourselves still and saying like, okay, I know that there's something in me that doesn't feel like I deserve to be here. That doesn't feel like I'm enough. That's a really key piece is how can I actually spend more time doing self-care, spend time, you know, that makes doing things that make me really happy so that I feel like my own cup is filled up up enough to where I can feel like my own self-worth and my self-value is there so that I don't struggle with this enough or as much anymore. Yeah. And I think it's important to, that you mentioned that as well. Like the person next to you, the one that I'm looking at and thinking, Hey, they look the part. Maybe they are looking at themselves and thinking the complete opposite, or maybe they're even looking at me and thinking, Oh, she looks the part, but we can't see ourselves accurately. And that's maybe something that might not ever change. I don't think that'll ever change for me. Um, I don't know if anyone can really see themselves accurately, but we can do it anyway which is Mm -hmm. what I love that you just mentioned there. Like you can have that, you can feel the fear. You can have all the bad feelings, feel like an imposter and say, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it's not, um, I feel like an imposter, (laughs) therefore I can't perform well. It's, it's not imposter or perform well. It's, I can feel like an imposter and perform really well. It's the, and I can actually do both. And so I wanted to ask that question about experiencing imposter syndrome with your running. Um, I think a lot of people experience this with climbing and then also being a business owner, you could separate these essentially into three categories is taking a little bit of time to actually sit down and write out who your idols are and what about them draws you to them. What about them makes you think that they're so successful or that they, the we'll call it in quotes, fits the part really well so that you can start to see, okay, what parts about them am I actually wanting to either incorporate with myself or that I'm really admiring? Because when we take some time to actually write it down, we can then take action on some of those things. So for example, I really look up to, um, there are quite a few climbers that I look up to and they they tend to be very dynamic climbers. Um, so great. Okay. All of a sudden I know that in order to be like the climbers that I am looking up to, I need to work on becoming more dynamic. And all of a sudden it takes me out of this victim mindset where I'm like, oh, poor me. Like, I'm just, I don't deserve to be here. I'm just not as good as them. I'm not as strong. It shifts me into this state where I can actually take action. It's a much more empowered state because I have action steps in front of me that I've been able to identify. Oh, they have that skill set. Well, I can learn that skill set. I could do that too. Right. And when you say that, I'm thinking of all of these people. And the one thing that comes to mind is I admire people that have faults that have struggles, but they are confident about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they put them out there like that runner Amelia Boone that I just mentioned, but so many climbers, so many runners, so many business owners um, in every, every category that we're talking about today. Um, The people that speak to me are the ones that have a, they have a window, they open the window and they are okay. Opening the window. It's not, it might be scary for them, But it doesn't necessarily come across that way because it's something that they think is important. They want to share these deep, dark parts of their soul and of their journey, all of their yeses, all of their noes, all of their, I showed up and I tried and I couldn't do it, or I showed up and I tried, I didn't think I could do it and I could anyway. All of those stories are what make people admirable to me. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. So you can start to see how you you're in this this beautiful position right now to share some of your own story as well. And hopefully at this point, you're feeling a little bit more empowered around sharing. You know, that's not to say it's not going to be uncomfortable, but I, I really do believe that, you know, working on things like trauma is incredibly important as a business owner because our businesses are a reflection of us. And part of working through that trauma could be sharing, could be telling other people your story, verbal processing. Maybe it could just be, I mean, essentially providing somebody else comfort that they're not the only one that struggles with it, that you have gone through this thing. There are lots of obstacles, but you came out on the other side. So doing some of that deeper work and, you know, that could actually provide a lot of healing for you on your side. Yeah. And I think our conversation has really helped me identify what those things are that I need to work on, which is sharing, but in a way that is really vulnerable. Like you mentioned, putting your face on camera or, you know, diving a little bit deeper into the stories that, that make us who we are and, you know, starting to care more about what I say and not how I say it, Mm. I guess I should say. Um, Like I, I definitely tend to get overly concerned with, again, my presentation, how I appear, how I sound, whether, whether people want to listen to me, but that's not, that's not the point. What matters is what Mm -hmm. I am putting out there. Um, and I actually, I even have a hard time saying what I am putting out there. I'm, Mm. I I found myself wanting to say we, or you, or just deflect it from myself. Mm -hmm. And I think this all comes back to the idea that I am just scared to be the center of attention. That's really tough. Um, but again, it's not about being the center of attention. It's about believing that what I have to say is important and can have an impact. Yes. Totally. You just happen to be behind the business that is helping people. You know, you don't necessarily have to be the center of attention. Um, This is also why we can hire people further down the road to help us do things so that we can just stay in our zone of genius. Because if what you really enjoy at the end of the day is just talking with clients and working on just the sports psychology, you can set yourself up to do just that to where all you do is you show up for your sessions and everything else is taken care of. So, you know, (laughs) I know it's like, yeah, that sounds awesome, huh? Um, Absolutely. You can get there, you know. It, it takes a lot less that time than I think a lot of people think. They're like, oh, years out. Yeah, I can hire somebody. But that can actually happen really quickly because the more that you allow yourself to stay in your zone of genius, probably the more your business is going to grow and expand because of that, because you're doing the things that light you up and that positive energy is going to make you a magnet and attract people into you. Uh, that I was about to say that sounds like a dream, but again, I have to learn from this. It's not necessarily a dream. Can't think of it like a dream. <laughs> It's, it's in the future, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like tomorrow, but it is in the future. And I, I do want to point out too. So one of my jobs as a coach is actually to kind of bring back to your awareness and your attention. Some of the things that you say so that you can start to notice some of your patterns is that deep down, you actually do believe that you can overcome things, your language surrounding the slump that you're in. Now you said, when I overcome this, so, you know, deep down that you are going to overcome this. It's, it's just you know, I don't know when, but I know that I am going to. So attacking every aspect of your life like that, like, I don't know when it's going to happen or how, but I know it is going to happen. Wow. I just got chills. I didn't even notice that I had, that I'd use that. That's a big win for me. 
It is Thanks. a big win. It is absolutely. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's just being really conscious of your language, but again, being compassionate with yourself because these are learned skill sets. You know, it's not, oh, I just want to make this change and it's going to happen immediately. Like sometimes we're going to mess up. We might mess up like 10 times, but it's just catching ourselves during those moments and saying, okay, my cells are listening. Can I rephrase that? Oh, let me start over. Actually, that's not what I meant. Here's what I mean instead. Right. And you can always go back and fix it. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. 100%. Okay. Lucy, how are you feeling? I am feeling a combination of nervous and excited and confident. So I think that's how I wanted to feel coming out of this. I love it. I love it. Okay. What are some of your next steps going to be? So I know you signed up for Ignite. I'm really excited for you. I can't wait for you to dive further into the content and the modules. So what are some of your first steps after our conversation today that you're excited to start implementing? Well, very first step is that I'm going to do a lot of journaling around the concept just so that I can actually put this pen to paper. I'm a very visual person, so I need to actually have it in front of me (laughs) in order to believe it. Um, But because I am still in the very beginning stages of even just thinking about my business, I'm, I'm still in school. I'm still tying all the knots together. But I think as we dive into Ignite over the next few months and weeks here, I I think I'm going to just take all of these concepts. And again, I'm a, I'm a journaling person here. So I know that Ignite includes a lot of prompts and considerations around that. And I, I guess my concrete plan is to do those prompts and go into those using the, using the mind. I need to take this mindset and basically just think about the terms that I'm using. Again, having positive terms, um, concrete terms, not if, but when, um, using I and Mm -hmm. making sure that I am using those words that tell my brain, tell my cells that this isn't a dream. It's not a what if, it is a when. Mm -hmm. It's just about making the path to get there. And then as far as my presence goes, taking those little steps, like putting my face out there, doing like starting to write posts that will add to my business, even if I feel like I'm not there yet, even if I feel like people don't want to read that from me yet, because I'm not even grounded in my business. That doesn't, that's how you get grounded. That's how I get grounded Mm -hmm. is basically doing the things that I feel like are still one or two steps ahead and saying, okay, but, or not even, but okay, I feel that way. And I'm going to do them anyway. I'm going to jump ahead. Yep. I love it. Yeah. And if you feel a strong connection with journaling and writing, I think that playing with your strengths, playing to your strengths is going to be a really good thing. So as much as you can write, so maybe that's Instagram captions, maybe you do some reels with some captions, or I would also suggest starting a newsletter list and I go over that in Ignite. So don't worry, I got you covered on how to actually do <laughs> oh, that, the uh, the strategy part of it. But if you actually really do like writing, then you could start an email newsletter list. And that would be a really great way for you to connect with people. I always recommend that my business owners find their preferred medium, you know, whether that's writing, maybe it's speaking, maybe it's being on camera and playing to their strengths. We don't need to be good at everything. Just not, not necessary. It's very reassuring. I think that the newsletter and caption format is going to be my go-to. 
<laughs> Love it. Okay. Thank you so much, Lucy, for taking time to come on the show, come on the podcast. I hope that this was really helpful and enlightening. Are there any thoughts that you'd like to add before we hop off? Just wanted to thank you so much. This has been an amazing opportunity. Even this was a step in the right direction for me of learning how to put myself out there and saying yes to opportunities that, that come up instead of thinking that, oh, that one's not for me. I'll enjoy listening to it. But no, I can be the one that I listen to or that other people listen to. I can be the one that is, is putting myself out there. So I just really appreciate the opportunity to learn. Of course. I'm so proud of you too for putting yourself out there. I know just hopping on a podcast isn't isn't necessarily the easiest thing, but a reminder you can do hard things, that you have done hard things and that your capacity to handle them is quite high. Well, thank you so much. Ah, shivers. <laughs> Yay. A huge thank you to Lucy for getting out of her comfort zone and coming on the show. I hope that you loved that live coaching session as much as I did. Lucy is extremely coachable, and I think she had some big breakthrough moments. It was so cool to be able to witness that for her. I would highly recommend if you are somebody that experiences or struggles with imposter syndrome, really putting your place in Lucy's place and thinking through the exercises and thinking how you would respond, what would be different for you, and that's really going to help you start to work through some of these feelings of imposter syndrome. So if you have not yet left a rating and review for the podcast, I would so appreciate if you did so. It means so much to me. It really helps me out. If you have somebody that you think would benefit from this episode, be sure to send it to them. That is such a huge compliment to me is you sharing my work with the people that you care about. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next episode.